Thank you, Anita. Let's pray together. Father, we certainly are thankful for Christ. We know he is Lord. We know one day in the future he will choose to submit himself to you. We know he submitted himself to you, Father, in the past when he came to this earth and went to the cross. In light of Christ and all that we have in him, as we interact with your word, we want to live it out in our lives. For your glory, for it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. <clears throat> a thought question. What is one character quality that tends to create thirst in children grandchildren, and unbelievers. What is one character quality that tends to create thirst in children, grandchildren, and unbelievers? Let me share the true account of a church that went through the following items over a period of a number of years. There's a couple church discipline situations that they handled There are some very demanding personalities in the church. Went through some music struggles because of the whole issue of music. Went through several building projects. Some accusations were directed at several individuals in the church. Plus several other very intense situations. They remained faithful. They remained unified. Why? My understanding would be, from knowing the church, there were submissive leaders. Leaders being submissive to God and to one another. There was a submissive congregation to God and to leaders. Last week we looked at scripture and authority. We want to look at that again, realizing that Scripture and authority and how we handle authority and how we respond to that has a tremendous impact, impacting our church as well as other churches, not only in the present, but also in the future. Keeping the foundation in order is important if the house is to remain strong. Last week we looked at some Scriptures. We'll look at a couple of other Scriptures. We're reading some Scriptures, not necessarily seeking to explain them, but let's go to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. In Acts chapter 20, we find that Paul is on a missionary journey. He had ministered in Ephesus. Here he is at a different location, but he calls for the elders of the church in Ephesus And he responds to them in Acts 20 and verse 25. Now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of all men. For I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God which he bought with his own blood. 
I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and not spare the flock. Even from within your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Paul speaking to the elders in Ephesus. And he says, keep watch over yourselves. Keep watch over the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church which he bought with his own blood. In the context of the local church, elders shepherding the flock, overseeing the flock, keeping watch over themselves. Ephesians 4 1 Thessalonians 5, Hebrews 13, 1 Peter chapter 5, also speak of the local body of believers. Some context dealing with leaders leading and followers following. In the context of marriage, let's turn to Colossians 3, 18 and 19. Colossians chapter 3, verses 18 and 19. After discussing being in Christ in Colossians 1 and 2, he gives some daily living, we would say, exhortations. And in verse 18, he says, Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Wives, submitting to husband. That's the way they'd submit to God, a husband. Submitting to God's. Authority by loving their wives and not being harsh with them. I find it interesting that uh, Paul says, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. It's been my observation over the years that we guys tend to be harsh with our wives if we're not being sensitive to the Lord. But again, how would a husband submit to the Lord? By loving his wife and not being harsh. In the context of parents and children, in Colossians 3 and verse 20, children, obey your parents and everything, for this pleases the Lord. A child obeying mom and dad, submitting to their authority, and submitting to parents' authority, submitting to God's authority. Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. Father, obeying the Lord. How? By not embittering And if he embitters the children, then they become discouraged. In the context of civil authority, let's turn to Romans chapter 13. We looked at Titus 3 last week. But in Romans chapter 13, Paul gives some exhortation. Romans 13 and verse 1. Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God established. The authorities that exist must or have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. 
Do you want to be free from the fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and you will not be, and he will commend you. For he is God's servant to do you good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword for nothing. He is God's servant, an agent of wrath to bring punishment on the evildoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also because of conscience. As Paul writes to the Roman believers, telling them to submit to civil authority. And we find the same as discussed in Titus 3, 1 Timothy 2, verses 13 through 17. We find as we look at Christ, Christ submitted to authority. In Mark chapter 14, if you want to turn there, Mark chapter 14, we find Jesus is in the garden before he goes to the cross and he is praying. In verse 32, they went to a place called Gethsemane and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James and John along with him and began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He said to them, stay here and keep watch. Going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the air might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for one, for one hour? Watch and pray that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Once more he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough. The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. And we find the Son submitting, that is, Jesus submitting to his Father. If it is possible, take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. And you find in Hebrews chapter 5, 7 through 10, it talks about Jesus learning obedience through the things he suffered. Jesus himself being obedient. There's some other passages that talk about authority. Romans chapter 8 talks about submission. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 27 and 28, we read that last week where Christ himself will submit himself to the Father and give everything under him to the Father. Hebrews 12, 9 and James 4, 7 also talk about submission. Submission, just a brief review of last week, is arranging under to subordinate to obey. 
A number of years ago, Ruth Ann was picking something up at a department store up in the mall. One of those times I was with her, and uh, I said, I'm going to wander around a little while you pick up your order. And I was wandering around, I noticed a family, mom and dad and three kids. And as I observed, I like to observe people. I found it fascinating There were three kids that arranged themselves under mom and dad's authority. You know how kids are. In a store, they don't always want to respond. Mom and dad spoke. There was a response. Submitting. Submission. To give up one's control. A A willing choice to place oneself under to yield to an admonition or to advice. All humans live under authority. God's authority, civil authority, maybe church authority, maybe a job authority, parents' authority, and so on. But as we think about authority, we think about submission. Each authority has a limited area in which they minister. The home has a certain area of authority. The church has an area of authority. The government has an area of authority. The job, the school setting has an area of authority. And sometimes it's a struggle when an authority seeks to step out of their area and give commands that are beyond what they're designed. It's not always easy to understand how to respond, but that'll be for another time. A leader cannot lead by example if he is not modeling submission. Godly leadership means a leader is submitting to authorities. A leader who resists authority teaches followers to resist. Now consider dad. Dad is to be a leader. He is to submit to governmental authority. He is to submit to church authority. He is to submit to job authority. If he doesn't, he can say to his kids, obey me. But he's not modeling an example. Think about mom. Mom saying to kids, obey me. Is she responding to God's authority? Responding to her husband's authority? Consider church and ministry leaders. A pastor may stand up and speak and exhort people to follow church leadership. But is he following God's authority? Is he fulfilling his role in shepherding the flock, guarding his own well-being and shepherding the flock? It is an awesome item to consider that leaders will give an account to God. Dad, husband, pastor, elders, Employer, civil authorities. The way we respond to authority is a deep testimony for or against the Lord. I think it's core to an effective witness. Because faith in Christ requires submission. To come to faith in Christ, you submit to Christ, you submit to the fact that we're sinful, we need a substitute. 
We choose to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow Christ. The very nature of faith is submissive. In Hebrews chapter 11, we find there what we call the faith chapter. Talks about Abel. Abel submitted to God, bringing a sacrifice acceptable to God. Talks about Abraham. He submitted to God by leaving his home country to go to land that God would show him. Moses submitted to God by choosing to obey and delivering the children of Israel. As we think about submission, pastors, church leaders, ministry leaders must demonstrate they can live under authority before they become leaders. The submission should be present as they continue to lead. As I study scripture, a fair, legitimate question for someone who is going to be a leader is to ask them, would you please demonstrate how you are presently submitting to authority? The authorities that are present in your life. Submission is required for the qualities of 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1 to be developed, in that case, in a church leader's life. Think about the context of a husband, wives, fathers and mothers who have a leadership role in some way, modeling submission because they can look at church leaders who are submitting. A leader saying, follow me as I follow Christ. It seems that when we live under authority, we can trust God to work in, their, in our leaders. When we resist submission, we hinder God working in us. And I think to some extent in them. I'm not going to try to explain all this, but think about Sarah. Sarah, Abraham says, I want you to tell Pharaoh that you're my sister. She was a half-sister. Why was Abraham doing that? Because he was concerned about his own life. Hard one to wrap your mind around. She basically was subjecting herself to being taken by another man. She's held up in First Peter 3 as one who submitted to her husband. Think about wives who are mothers. The impact that they have on their children by how they respond to dad. Tremendous impact that impacts children for a long time. Think about a husband and a father. The impact that he has on children and grandchildren by the way he responds to authority. Seeing authority, but ultimately God's authority. To resist authority seems to be at times forcing God's hand. 
Resisting authority always seems to lead to trouble. Submit even if you don't fully understand. Just consider some examples. Satan and his demons chose not submit to submit to God and they lost their position. Tempted Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve chose not to submit to God, yielded to the tempter. Death came into the world. Cain chose not to submit to the Lord's rebuke. The ground would not yield crops. He became a restless wonderer. The Tower of Babel, people were to scatter and they did not scatter. And God responded. The golden calf, they resisted God's authority, ultimately Moses' authority. 3,000 died, there was punishment. There was a plague. There was a refusal to enter the promised land. And a generation died in the desert. King Saul chose not to fully obey God. He lost his kingship. Attempted to kill David. King David. The situation with Bathsheba. Chose to disobey God. There was calamity for the family. <clears throat> the wife or some of his wife's concubines were involved with his son Absalom sexually. Resisting authority seems to lead to trouble. A modern day example. I have talked to more adult children than I care to about their response to authority. Not every time, but many times, they say, I merely am doing what dad did. There's a consequence. And I'm not saying because children may not be Submitting to authority that dad didn't respond, but in some cases, I found that to be true. Today we have hundreds of books on leadership, but few books on followership. And I ask the question, why? You go to Amazon and you punch in leadership. You can scroll and scroll and scroll for books on leadership. Punch in followership. And you're doing good to find two or three that deal exclusively with followership. If all of us are followers, why don't we write more on followership? We're not all leaders. Why do we write so much on leadership? (laughs) That's just a question I've asked myself. And this goes back a few years ago. I wanted to do some study on following. And I thought, well, I'm going to find a book on followership. And this was before all the days of, you know, the technology that we have now. So I went to the bookstore. I said, can you find me a book on followership? And they said, well, we'll let you know. And the bookstore said, I can't find one. A few years went by. I was looking for another one. And another time I was looking for a book on followership. This was after computers were around. And I got on and I found one. One. Must have been an older book. They wanted 60-some bucks, and I thought, well, I'll, I'll pass on that. 
Now you will find a few, but not a lot. Just makes me wonder. Submission to authority is foundational to creating thirst for God in children, non-believers, and so on. Just submitting. Because the gospel requires submission. When we're not submissive, we almost deny the gospel in some way. The gospel requires submission. Lack of submission desires the reality of the gospel because Jesus said to his disciples, which is true today too, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. That's submissive in nature. It is very easy to buy into the lie that God, that should be God, cannot work, accomplish his purpose in us with an authority we don't like or appreciate. I'm sure many of us have had some authorities in our life that we did not really appreciate. May not have been real kind. But God is not limited by human authority. He will form character in us through fallen authorities. Even though an authority which is not kind or caring, God still remains sovereign and he works. Now think about authorities that may not be what they should be. Reflect back on Israel's history. How many kings Israel had that were not good, but yet God continues to work today. He's still accomplishing his purpose. Consider the church today, the body of Christ today. You can go back over church history and you will find repeatedly that there have been corrupt leaders in the church that were not good, but God continues to work. He's continuing to build his church. God continues to work, even in those circumstances. Submission does not mean that life will be easy, but obedience to God's authority means the display of God's glory. Submitting to authority sometimes can be tough, not always easy. I've been through a few of them over the years, and I'm sure you have. The mentality in American Christianity, to some extent today, is that we are to attempt to control authority and change if it is off target. We don't leave room for God to work. We think about our nation. We have not always had leaders that are on target. And within our system of government, we have some say in terms of voting and contacting authorities, but we need to be careful lest we become angry and bitter and demand change. With our country where it currently is, you don't have to listen very long to hear a lot said about authority in our country. Think about the church, the body of Christ. Leaders may not always be perfect and totally on target. But beware if you are demanding a change. 
to attempt to change an authority is stepping outside of submission. And there is a way to respond to authority when it's not on target. To move to change is to move from humility, trust, and free will. And I realize that raises some questions. Here is a hard fact. We cannot develop godly character without submission to God's authority, thus human authority. And I repeat that. We cannot develop godly character without submission to God's authority. Thus, human authority. As we think about being a follower, our identity, I'm speaking to those that are in Christ, is found in Christ. Submission does not mean one's identity, or does not change one's identity. One's role in life does not influence one's identity. Part of joyful living is accepting the role in which the Lord has placed us. Contentment in life is living in dependency upon the Lord where you are in life. Everyone will give an account to the Lord for how we respond to their role in life. Leader, follower, men, women, employer, employee, husband, wife, parents, children, civil leader, a citizen, a teacher, a student. I can look at our country and I can whine and complain about civil leaders, but I'm not going to give an account for them and how they led. I'll give an account for how I follow. When I was a kid, I could whine and complain about mom and dad sometimes. But I won't give an account for mom and dad and how they parented. I will give an account for how I followed them when I was a child. When I was younger and involved in some local churches when I was in college, there were times I could whine and complain about some leaders in the church and how they were responding but I won't give an account for them. I'll give an account for how I followed their leadership. A church leader may whine and complain about people and they're not following. A church leader will not give an account for people following. He'll give an account for how he has led. See, I won't stand before God and God says, now I want you to think about your ministry at Ruin Brook. How do people follow? No. How did you lead? That's all you're accountable for. A couple questions. I'm not looking for an answer. Is a refusal to submit to authority a factor in unbelievers maybe being resistant to Christ? A couple other questions. I'm not going to answer them this morning. Can the world at large look at the body of Christ for a godly example of submission?
Can our community of unbelievers look at the church and say, that's what it means to be submissive? Are children raised in the church in Christian homes being bombarded with examples of submission? Is the body of Christ in the U.S. guilty of resisting authority by demanding and pushing for change in our government? I'm not going to answer that, just a thought question. Hopefully answer it next Sunday morning or evening. Can you criticize an authority and submit to it at the same time? How should we respond to an authority that steps outside of their Fear of influence. Is the government to, re, to legislate morality, marriage, and parenting? We sometimes are concerned that our government has chosen to change the law on marriage. Do we want them to make laws concerning parenting? Is the government to legislate that? Is that part of their role? I'm not answering that, but a thought question that we have to think through as we think about submission and authority. Should churches in China, for example, register with the government? Or are they justified in not registering with the government? Those are just some questions that I'm, Lord willing, respond to probably next Sunday night. As we think about as we think about submission, and we think about authority, one of the cores of walking with God, in the healthy body of Christ, is just the whole issue of submission. We may not like it, or we may like it, but how do we respond? Are we reflecting a deep submission to the Lord and then to the authorities that he has placed in our lives? Let's pray together. Father, we read a variety of scriptures earlier and then we just looked at some practical thoughts as it relates to authority and submission. We have a good example in Christ to follow. He submitted to you. He came to this earth. He learned obedience by submission. You desire for leaders in whatever capacity leaders may be to submit. And we know the nature of the gospel is submissive in the sense that we submit to Christ, deny ourselves, take up a cross and follow We need wisdom, Father, in living in submission. We need wisdom in exercising authority. And may we as a body here at Roaring Brook have understanding as we seek to live under your authority and the authorities that you have placed over us. And we realize that all of us, Father, live under authority of some type, and we respond to authority of some type. May we live well 
for your glory. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.